Your future marriage relationship can bring you incredible joy or deep pain. And most young women don't realize it, but your single years play a big part in all that. Welcome to the Loving Your Husband Before You Even Have One podcast. We're here to come alongside you and help you use your single years well. You know, I am really excited about today's topic. I remember wondering, would I ever be chosen? So before Dave, I hadn't dated a guy in eight years, I think maybe nine, I haven't totally calculated, but a long time. And I only went on one date during those eight years and it was a blind date. So I don't even know if that really counts. And so I remember having this feeling that I would never be chosen or even seen by a guy. And I'm wondering if some of our listeners have felt that too. And so as you watch friends fall in love, get married, have babies, it can bring up all the insecurities. Insecurities like, am I not pretty enough, smart enough, seen enough? And that is one of the worst feelings to feel. And it really messes with your mind. I know for me, I started to wonder, is something wrong with me? Like clearly all of my roommates have no problem getting asked out by guys. So it must be me. Something must be wrong with me. Adrian, I totally get what you were saying because I remember being a single woman, watching all of my siblings in my family, all of my friends, everybody was getting married uh, and no one was like even giving me the time of day. Today's guest is the perfect person for this topic and I've been wanting to have her on the podcast for a few years now. Brittany is a young woman that I met years ago. She was a student at the University of Texas, and she attended one of, this was back when the uh, Loving Your Husband Before You Even Have One material was like a breakout session at our student conference. And she came up and we got to chatting. And Brittany is beautiful, she's smart, and she's poised, and she's really fun to talk with. She's easy to talk to. And the crazy thing is, is that she had never been on a date. There, no one had has ever asked her out. She never had a boyfriend, never been kissed, never held a guy's hand, nothing. And here she was, like a, I think a senior in college or a junior in college. So many of you have shared similar stories with me. And I just know that you guys are really going to enjoy connecting with Brittany. But... As an update, this past year, things changed. Brittany got asked out on a date. She got a boyfriend and he became her husband. And so she has a really fun story to tell. Welcome to the podcast, Brittany. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I know that was a long time ago, back in college. When <laughs> that was a long This time was a ago. breakout. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we are so excited to have you on, Brittany. I remember also meeting you as a college student as well. And one of my favorite things about you is that you are a pageant girl or a pageant queen. I don't really know the correct term to say, but I just love that about you. So maybe you'll have to share a little bit more with our listeners. They can get to know pageant queen Brittany a little bit more. Yes, I was Miss Plano's Outstanding Teen 2014. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, so in high school, I dabbled in the pageant world and it was so much fun and totally my fun fact. But um, yeah, miss those days, miss getting to wear a 
a fancy gown and heels for no real reason. Um, but yeah, I, like Kim said, I went to school at the University of Texas and I um, lived there and worked for a college ministry there for four years after that. Um, and then just recently this past summer, um, got married and moved to Dallas. And so it has been a crazy few months, but really a lot of fun. And so, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Well, Brittany, can you tell us a little bit about your story? I mean, you know, you just got married like three months ago, something. Yep. <laughs> but could you just give us a little snippet of your story of how you guys met and, uh, yeah, just take us from single life to married life. Yes, yeah. I feel like you have to fill in the gaps for us because I'm yeah. sure all these girls are wondering, how has this pageant queen never been kissed, never been asked out? And then like, what happens when this guy asks you out on a date? Yeah, it was crazy. So it's funny. We'll go like all the way back. Um, so I grew up in a family where um, my parents were just really intentional to share the gospel with us. So I actually came to know Jesus personally at a really young age. So I was eight years old. And I think a lot of times we sh hear these awesome, incredible stories of what your life looked like before Christ and what it looked like once you made that decision. But when you're eight years old, your before isn't as drastic typically. <laughs> but I think I can look back now at almost 26 and see, oh, because I made that decision at the age I did, it shaped a lot of areas of my life. And I think one specifically I saw that in was in the area of guys in relationships. And so at first, like in high school, it was something I was really confident in. I was confident that my faith was making me, was leading me to make different decisions about relationships and I didn't need the guy. But as I got older and watched my friends get asked out, and go on dates and get boyfriends and get engaged and get married and do all the things I wanted, that confidence started to turn into insecurity. And so what went from, hey, I'm choosing this, I'm choosing to wait and to be single, turned into, well, why is no one asking? And so, yeah, I was 24, almost 25, when Candler called and asked me out on a date. And then we started dating, got engaged, and got married all within a year. So our first date was May 14th of 2022, and we were married on May 12th, 2023. <laughs> and it is a hilarious turn of events because basically anything I ever said I wouldn't do was true of my life. Like I said, I will never date someone for less than 18 months before I get, I mean, I haven't even been with him for 18 months and we've been married for three of those. So um, <laughs> a lot can change over over time. I love that. You know, never say never. True. I've learned that in my life from the <laughs> Lord. And then the other thing is, you know, you're, a lot can happen in a year. Like so much can happen. Like yes. you said, you went from single to straight up married in a year <laughs> and moved. Yeah, it's been crazy, but it's been fun. Well, Brittany, I have a question for you. What was that like to get asked out on a date for the first time? I mean, like, do you even recall like exactly what happened? Were you like, is this real? Like, did he dial the wrong number? You know, like, <laughs> have you never been asked out before? Did you like wonder like if it was real? Oh, 
so much. It was the most shocking, like out of body experience. So the story's kind of funny. He had actually texted me and said, Hey, Brittany, is there a time later this afternoon or evening? I can give you a quick call. And so side note, he was living in Dallas. I was living in Austin. So we lived like three hours away from each other and we worked together. So we worked for the same college ministry, just on different campuses. And I had had this like secret crush on him. I never called it a crush. He now makes me call it a crush as I've explained it to him. But I was like, I'm intrigued. I don't know him well enough to have a crush on him. I'm just intrigued by him. Um, so when I got that text, my first thought was that it was about work. And so we were working on our winter conference together, which ironically is where I first was exposed to all this material. Um, but our boss had told us that we needed to connect on something about that, like maybe 15 minutes before I got the text. So I first thought he was calling me about work. Um, but something in me must have thought otherwise because I ran upstairs and showed my roommate the text. And I was like, this is work, right? It has to be work. Like, surely he's not calling me about something other than work. And all my roommates proceed to come into the room and try to listen while he calls me. Um, and so I like tried to play it really cool and he started with small talk, which is when I knew, oh my goodness, this is like so not work. He's asking me about my day. Um, and he asked me where I was and where I was going to be that weekend if he could ask me out or if he could take me on a date. And I was shocked and I said <laughs> yes right away. I mean, like I was so excited. I like tried to play it cool, but I was like, yes, I'd love to. And so he called me on a Wednesday and took me out on a date on Saturday. Oh, I love that story. I do I mean, too. It's so fun. And I know we have like content to talk about, but I have one other follow-up question for you. It's like, Candler was your like first everything, you know, like your very first guy to ask you out, first boyfriend, you know, first guy that you got to hold hands with, kiss, marry, all of the above. And so were you ever like insecure about any of those things as you were like dating? Like, man, I don't have this experience of, of you know, dating guys before. Like, what was that like for you in that? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I was more nervous and insecure about it before than I ever actually was in the moment. And so I think before I ever dated him, I was always nervous about, oh, what will this look like as a 25 year old going on her first date? Like, I'm going to feel so awkward. Like, how do you even interact on a first date? My friends have told me, but I don't know. Um, and so I think I got a lot more in my head ahead of time than I was actually during like all those things mm. and so like even our first kiss um I was like always so nervous about like what's it gonna be like am I gonna be so awkward like does someone need to teach me what to do <laughs> <laughs> but I figured it out I don't know <laughs> that's amazing I love that but so yes and no I, is the long short answer to that question well, I think you know exactly what it feels like to not feel chosen, just knowing your story. And you have prepared a list of top tips for those who are struggling with, you know, whether or not they'll ever be asked out, whether or not they'll be chosen. And so we're all ears. I'm sure our listeners are all ears. You've already proved yourself credible in this category. Yes. So what is your first tip? Yeah, my first tip is to root your identity in Christ. And so I think that that is something that in Christian circles we can hear a lot about your identity needs to be in Christ. And 
I think it's said in a lot of different areas because it's true. And I think in this area where I've seen it is that the world tells you a lot of things. And so some areas of the world are going to say, you need the guy, you need the husband, you need the boyfriend. And then other parts of our world are saying, you need to be a strong, independent woman, don't need no man. And so even just looking at culture, it's confusing of what does it mean to be successful as a woman in this area. And so I think when I was able to take a step back and realize that, it was even more reason for me to root my identity in Christ in this area of, hey, that is not gonna change. Like when I my identity is rooted in Christ and who he says I am and what his word says, that isn't changing, but the narrative of the, wor- of the world is changing. And I've seen that. You know, we all look to something to define feel good about ourselves, you know? And so I just, I love that um, that's a lesson that you've learned because it just seems like it never goes away, you know? I mean, it's like (laughs) um, at whatever stage of life I'm at, I still keep going back to, okay, what does God say about me? Because the, the culture standard is so difficult to keep up with. No, definitely. And Brittany, I want to pick your brain on this because you know, I feel like everyone has tips in this area, but like for you, as you were trying to grow in your identity in Christ there, what, yeah, what specific things did you do to help really stay rooted in that when, you know, culture was kind of pushing two different narratives that were kind of extremes and maybe it was like, hey, you should just fall into this relationship, we'll solve all your problems, you know, mentality, or I don't need no man, you know, mentality. (laughs) How did you stay rooted in that identity in Christ? Yeah, that's a great question. I think for me, there were a few things. I think a big one was just letting other people in. And so the reality is like my flesh was really quick to listen to the world and listen to the narratives of culture, even as I'm spending regular time in the word and in prayer. And so those would be my other two big things is like consistent daily time with God, even about things that aren't specifically identity related. And so, yeah, I wanted to be memorizing passages and reading passages specific to that, but just continuing to intake God's word and spend time in prayer were big. And then I think the other side of that was letting other people in and surrounding myself with community who would remind me of that when I didn't want to and when I forgot it. And so it's like, hey, I can know what's true of my identity in Christ, but I'm still going to have moments where I'm forgetting it. And so, yeah, no, I think that's really good, Brittany. I remember the first time I told someone of like, hey, I just don't feel seen by guys. You know, I felt like I was seen by God and I had really just confessed that to the Lord that I was sad about that. But it took a lot for me to like actually tell another person that I was, you know, feeling those things, especially when that person had already been chosen and was married. And I was like, oh, this feels so vulnerable. And I feel like she's not going to understand, but I'm so glad I ended up telling her because she really just spoke those same things that you just said, you know, by letting others in. She reminded me of what my identity was actually in. It wasn't a relationship. It wasn't the opposite of a relationship of me being single. It was about my relationship with God, my identity and him. Yeah. We all need people around us, encouraging us in our faith. And, you know, I think, one of the strategies of our enemy is to make us feel alone and isolated, like we're the only ones feeling this way. But every the reality is everyone is struggling with something. Everybody, no matter what stage you're in. I mean, that's just part of the enemy's tactic to kind of get us off base. I, we need people to kind of help correct us. 
There's a verse, James 5.16. It talks about confessing our sins to one another and to pray for each other so that we'll be healed. And I think there's an element of that in all this, you know, is just to be open and honest, not maybe with everybody around you, but a few key people that are trustworthy and who know you and who know the situation and who know God's word, who can just kind of help you remain on track and really think and focus and pray for you. Uh, I just think that's, you know, James 5.16 lived out. Okay, I got off on all my, my tangents. Brittany, is there something, another tip that you could share with us? Yes, and so I think this one actually builds really well off of what we've been talking about, and it's speaking truth to yourself. And so coming from rooting your identity in Christ and letting other people in, there's also the the part that I have to take responsibility for, and that's speaking mm-hmm. truth to myself. And so a verse that I really would would cling to and continue to cling to is Philippians 4, 8. And so I would just try to remind myself, okay, what is true? What is right? What is pure? What is lovely? Like what is true right now? And so I think it could, whether I was single or whether I was early dating, it was really easy for me to get ahead of myself. And that is where a lot of the anxiety and insecurity would come from. And so as I was able to remind myself, well, hey, what is true right now? When I was single, it was like, I am single and I'm living with three other awesome believers who are spurring me on and we are getting to do life alongside each other and we are making so many fun memories and I do desire to be married someday, but that is not what's true right now. And so what are the gifts like in front of me that God has given Mm -hmm. me? And so having that verse and reminding myself what is true was really, really helpful for me. I love that, Brittany. I know I definitely clung to that as well, especially when it comes to trying to discern whether or not a guy likes you. You know, I think in my head, it was always easy to assume he's in love with me. He held the door open for me one time. We made (laughs) eye contact, you know, we're getting married tomorrow. Yes. (laughs) Uh, But I had to remember, no, Adrian, that is not true right now. Like what is true right now is one, a guy probably doesn't even know I exist. Um, But more importantly is he hadn't communicated anything more than an acquaintance or a friendship with me. So I just had to really cement myself in the reality of what is true right now. And I love what you said about, you know, essentially in thinking about what is true, you were praising God for things that he had given you. You know, he had given you these great roommates to share and experiences with to be spurred on. And I love that. I think one of the biggest things is when you're feeling down about your circumstances to turn to the Lord and give thanks to him, because that will pull you right out of that, you know, depression that you are feeling. It's a great question. I'm so glad we're talking about it. But just asking yourself the question, what's true right now? Because that was a real game changer for me. Because I think because I didn't date a whole lot. And like when Sean asked me out, there's a tendency to be like all or nothing. You know, it's like, oh, he's the one God has for me. We're going to get married. Or or like, oh, he doesn't really like me. But it kind of helps you stay in that tension of we're spending time together and exploring the idea you know, should we date or whatever, but just to think, okay, what's true right now? What's true right now is that a really amazing guy just asked to spend time with me. Will it be marriage? I don't know, but I'm going to enjoy the fact that someone wants to spend time with me that I respect and admire, and I'm going to enjoy this moment. I can't look ahead and I'm not going to throw it out, but I'm just going to enjoy this moment. And so that question is a really good one. I love that, Kim. That's so good. 
Yeah, I think another thing in that that someone said to me one time that has stuck with me was a not truth I was not realizing I was speaking to myself was I would look at my life and be like, okay, what do I need to change so that someone will ask me out? So because I'm not being asked out, it's got to mean I've got to work through this one area of my life. And then when I check that box, like he will call and he will ask me out and I will have a boyfriend. And she just like really point blank looked at me and she was like, Brittany, what is the greatest gift that God gives us? And I was like, and okay, salvation. Yeah. She goes, well, what did you have to do to earn your salvation? Nothing. It was the free gift of what Jesus did. She goes, okay, well, if you believe that marriage is a gift from God, why would for this still great gift, but not as great as your salvation gift, would he have this list of things that you have to do to earn it, but he didn't make you earn the greatest gift that he has to give you. And that was just so profound for me of, hey, this isn't an excuse to just do whatever I want and not try to grow. Like I want to grow, but I don't want to be growing for the sake of checking the box so that now I've done X, Y, and Z and the call will come. Um, And so I think when I started to realize that through speaking truth to myself, it really helped me enjoy my singleness, make the most of it, and then be ready when that time did come of, hey, I was growing, I was loving my husband before I had him, not so that I would earn him, But so that when it came, I was ready because I was becoming a better version of who God designed me to be, not for him, but he was going to benefit from that. So that was really, really beneficial for me. That's good. Well, what's another tip that you have, Brittany? I mean, you've got some really good ones. So another one I have is just telling God the desires of your heart. So I Mm -hmm. think I felt a lot of... I don't know what the right word is, maybe shame or embarrassment to desire marriage. I think I thought for me to be truly content meant I didn't desire it at all. So if I was going to be content in singleness, it meant I didn't want marriage at all. And that just wasn't true. And so being able to say, hey, God, I do desire this one day. But going back to what we were saying earlier about just the thankfulness for what I had now was really what helped me combat the negative side of that of, Hey, I can tell God the desires of my heart. I desire to be asked out and to have a boyfriend and to get married and have a family someday. And at the same time, I'm thankful for this time I'm having of singleness, but I think just being honest with God, telling him the desires of your heart. And I just think that is a really good bit of advice, Brittany, because when I was a single woman, uh, I heard an older woman speak and she shared the same thing. And at that, up till that point, I don't know if I really felt like I could be honest with God and just really pour out the desires of my heart. All right, Brittany, lead us to your next tip. Okay. I don't know if this one's a tip as much as a warning, um, but it is comparison kills. Um, And so I think I saw this in letting others in helped me to fight this. But I would look at my friends who are being asked out and similar to what you were saying earlier, Adrian, I would look at myself and be like, what does she have that I don't? Maybe she's thinner than I am or funnier or quiet or I'm very opinionated and outspoken. Maybe she's less opinionated than I am. Um, And so I would look at those things and try and nitpick myself apart 
to notice, hey, what is true about my friends who are being asked out that's not true of me because that can, that's got to be the answer. Um, and something I learned in this was when I did let a friend in on this who was getting asked out, I was like, I just don't understand like why you keep getting asked out. I think you're awesome. I'd ask you out if I was a guy, but what do you <laughs> have that I don't? And she told me what I was feeling insecure about was that something was wrong with me. I wasn't being asked out. But what she was feeling insecure about was she had been asked out multiple times and it hadn't gone anywhere. And so in that moment, through letting someone else in and through not letting comparison get the upper hand, I realized, hey, the enemy is going to take whatever is true of my situation and try and twist it. So for mm -hmm. me, he was saying the problem was that I had never been asked out. And for my friend, he was saying, hey, the problem is you keep getting asked out and it's not going anywhere. <laughs> and so realizing, hey, it's not our situation, but it's just this narrative that the enemy will take and he will manipulate. And so that was had the potential to really cause a wedge in our friendship and really make me feel insecure. But when I let my friend in, mm. it helped us to kill comparison instead of letting comparison kill us. I love that. I think that might've been one of my favorite things I've heard you say, because the enemy is so crafty and it's so easy to feel so isolated in those feelings. But what you're saying is no, other people are feeling those same things. Circumstances might look a little different for each person, but the enemy has the same tricks up his sleeves. He wants you to feel isolated <laughs> and not trust God and his promises. Yep. Well said, Adrian. Well said. Okay, Brittany, keep them coming. What's your next little bit okay. of advice? My next one is choose your attitude. And so the reality is we can't choose our situation a lot of the time. So I had definitely gotten to the point where if I could have chosen differently, I would not have been single still. Um, I would have at least, at least had a first date or maybe a boyfriend for a few <laughs> months by the age of 24. I was like, come on, one first date. Like, I mean, I didn't even go to a dance with someone in high school. Like I had no experience, um, but I got to a point where I realized, hey, I can choose my attitude as I'm watching these friends go on dates, get engaged, get married, as I'm going to engagement parties and bachelorette parties and all these fun things that I hope will be true of my life someday. I can either choose to sit back and be bitter and have a pity party for myself and be all woe is me or, I can choose to embrace the life I'm living and celebrate the people around me. And so in that, I won't say it's always easy. Like choosing to celebrate and be excited isn't always easy, but I'm so thankful now that I didn't miss out on friends engagement parties because I was having a hard time in singleness. Like I still was able to be there, even if I wasn't like the most excited in that moment to choose my attitude and choose to celebrate with my friends, I think helped me make the most of my single years because I was still making those memories, even though I had wished my situation was different. That's so good, Brittany. And again, like we talked about, it doesn't change like in different seasons of life. Someday it'll be you know, people having babies and it's like, you're trying to get pregnant and you can't. And, you know, it's just our attitude is something we cannot control our circumstances, but we can control our attitude. I remember thinking as a single woman and someone may have even brought this up with me, but I remember I had a choice. It's like, okay, I can either be a single girl with a sour attitude, or I can be a single girl 
with a trusting attitude? And, you know, which one do you think a guy would prefer? I figured it was probably a girl with a trusting attitude. And so I really tried to work on that. And it's funny, recently I overheard my my husband, Sean, tell our three boys at a dinner table, he goes, hey guys, it's really important to find a girl who's already happy without you. And so many times as single women, we're looking for a guy so that we can be happy. But that was right out of his mouth. And I said, ooh, I need to tell the girls that. Because um, he said, a, a girl who's happy, her happiness is not dependent on you. It's just a, a gem of a woman to, to find. Hmm. That's good. Your husband's a smart man, Ken. <laughs> He is. He is. Well, here's and you guys a, are raising some great boys. Well, I'm really proud of them. Thanks, Adrian. So I do have one more question for you. Well, actually, a few more. But this one I really want us to discuss a little bit before we wrap things up. But I've watched a few girls, you know, who who are a similar situation where they haven't dated a whole lot, and then all of a sudden a guy shows up with some interest in her and he asks her out, spends time with her. And it's like, she feels like, okay, this is God's answer to my prayer. And she kind of puts too much too soon into that relationship. And for whatever reasons, the guy kind of backs off and things don't work out. And the girl really feels burned. Maybe she held his hand for the first time or, you know, you know, she just, she feels misled. And I've actually had that happen myself, you know, because I, there was a long time I didn't have anybody expressing interest. And all of a sudden this one guy did. And I just kind of went all in and it didn't work out. It wasn't who God had for me. What advice would you have for someone like that? How does a girl still be excited about being asked out, maybe even for the first time or getting to know a guy without just going too far too soon with her emotions. Yeah. I think I go back to what is true. So reminding yourself of truth, speaking truth to yourself. So again, back to Philippians 4, 8, I mean that verse over and over again is what I would come back to. And I know my story is a little different. That guy who was my first everything did end up being my husband, but I, like you said, Kim, like I have friends too, who that has been true of. And Mm -hmm. so I think something that I saw to be helpful for me that I hope would be helpful for other people is as you're going in your relationship, what is true? And so what was true at the very beginning, I remember getting ready for our first date and talking to my friend, Jana, who was there. And I was like, I just don't know about all of this. Like, I don't know if I'm ready to move to Dallas and I mean, to do split holidays and she was like, Brittany, like, you haven't even been on one date yet. <laughs> and so I think as girls typically, and if you're the, listening to this and this isn't you, that's awesome. It is for me. And I know it's true for a lot of my friends. It's easy to get ahead of ourselves. Um, and so reminding yourself, hey, what is true right now? So going into a first date, it's like, hey, he has asked me to go on a date and we are getting to know each other. And then as the relationship progresses, what is true at that stage and so i know that's not foolproof and there are situations where hurt still happens but that's what i always come back to is hey what is true right now and what's true month one versus 
hey, we're eight months in and we're talking about marriage versus we're engaged versus we're married. Things are true in different seasons of a relationship. And so going back to, hey, what is true of where we are right now? I love that. I think that is really good advice, Brittany. One thing I want to pick y'all's brains on is I've heard this said, and I'm sure it's come out of my mouth as well, but you know, when someone tells you, I can't believe no one has asked you out yet. Do you guys think that is helpful or hurtful? Cause I know for me, when I heard that said, part of me was like, oh yeah, like I am hot. Like I am the whole package. I do have it all together. Yeah. Why has no one asked me out yet? And then the other side of me would start to feel really insecure. Like, wow, other people are noticing that I'm not getting asked out. You know, there must be something wrong with me that neither of us are seeing. So I just wanted to see, what do you guys think about telling people that? Or do you guys have any advice for people if that's, you know, been said to you? Yeah, I relate a ton. I think I've heard very similar things and have felt both ends of that of, oh, this makes me feel really confident. And, oh, this makes me feel really insecure. Um, And so I honestly don't feel like I have like super profound advice. And so I kind of want to hear what Kim has to say about Ah! it because (laughs) I've been there too and would love to know, yeah, what you think. (laughs) Well, I, when people would tell me that, I kind of, it was encouraging to me because I just felt like noticed and I, it just kind of, um, help me validate some of the feelings that I was having. Um, and so I I appreciated when people said that. But I could see how it could be, you know, hurtful to someone. But for me, I just saw it as an encouragement that, hey, uh, you know, I maybe there's hope out there for me that God's going to bring someone. It's just not the right time. Yeah. That's good, Kim. I love that. Yeah, I think I like relate to that too of like it, there were times where I would be listening to a podcast like this or watching something. And I felt like oftentimes I was hearing from the girl who was married or had the thing. And I was like, of course, you're so encouraged about it. Now you have the thing that we all want. And I think that at first made me like, oh, I'll never be able to share my story. And so I'm just so encouraged, Kim, by just this podcast and the avenue that this has created for all of us to hear different stories. Because what's so cool about the kingdom of God is he's written all these stories and they Mm -hmm. look different for each Mm -hmm. of us. So there's the girls like me who have never been on a date and they're into their mid twenties and still wondering if it'll ever happen. There's the girl who had a lot of experiences from a really young age and feels different things about that. And so how cool that there's this resource now that is able to share different stories that we can learn from and we can relate to and learn from things that we maybe don't relate to. And so I'm just thankful um, that that is true of this resource. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming on and sharing today. I just, I couldn't wait to show your story. So we do need to wrap up, but Brittany, is there anything else that you would like to share um, before we close? And I'd also like for you to pray for our listeners because I think you get them. And so if you would do that, that'd be great. 
Yes, I would love to. I think just the only other thing that I would add is I remember being like hearing different topics and things on singleness or dating or relationships and feeling really unseen. Um, and like, there's no space for my story. And so even Kim, when you first asked me to come on here, I was like, there's no way that anyone can relate to even a part of my story. And so if even just a part of my story relates to yours, I hope that you're encouraged. And even if it's just one little part and it doesn't in the same way mine doesn't, I mean, I'm not like I'm 25 still, like I still hopefully have a long time to go. Um, but I think one of the things I'm most thankful that I did when I was single was I just chose to embrace it because there were times I'm 24, have never been on a date and I'm like, it's never going to happen. I'm going to be pushing 40, have never been on a date. And I'm just going to, there's going to go my window for having kids. It's going to all go out the window. And you guys, I'm 25 and I'm married. That was 24. And I was like, I'm going to be pushing 40. And so it all happened really quick for me, mm -hmm. but I'm so thankful that I embraced it while I was in it because now I don't sit here married at almost 26 and think, Oh, I wish I would have done that when I was single. I wish that I wouldn't have just longed for marriage the whole time and missed out on my single years. And so that's what I would say is I would just encourage you to embrace it, to still give God the desires of your heart and it's okay to desire marriage, but Hey, where does he have you? What is true of the season you're in right now and make the most of it, go on the trip, do the fun thing. Like I'm just so, I mean, I've done fun things and gone on trips with my husband, but I'm so thankful I took that girl's trip to Mexico the summer before I got engaged in the fall. Like, I just am so thankful for that. And so that was a little long-winded. I would love to pray now. Uh, okay, <laughs> thank you. God, I just thank you so much for each of the girls who are listening um, to this podcast. God, whether they are listening to it right after it comes out or years down the road, God, I just thank you for each individual story that you have written and are continuing to write. God, I just pray that each of them would just remember what is true of them in you. God, that they are not defined by their experiences or lack thereof when it comes to guys in relationships. God, I pray that you would just bless future marriages, future relationships um, of the girls that listen to this. God, I just pray that each of us would continue to look for ways to root our identity in you and grow to be more and more like you each and every day. Amen. Well, we have enjoyed our time with you. Thanks for making time for us. We enjoy just being able to be alongside you in your single years. And uh, we still have a lot to talk about. So we hope you'll join us again next week. <laughs>